episode of Outside World Occultism. I'm Katya, and with me today are Ni. Hello. Lavander. Hello. And Daph. Hiya. So today's topic is, we're going to be getting a little bit existential. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about immortality in Toho, all the different forms that it takes and all of that. Obviously, when you first think of immortality in Toho, you think of Moko, Kaguya, the Horai Elixir. But, you know, there's like a billion other different ways to not freaking die in Toho. Yeah, they're kind of on different parts of the scale, but also kind of different in other ways. Yeah, only, yeah. only scrubs die in Toho. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, normal mortals really are the extreme minority. Yeah, honestly. Well, <laughs> yeah, they are definitely the extreme minority. I yeah. mean, not just a, among the people we see either. Yeah, but most yeah. of them are like elf immortal, not like <laughs> heat death of the universe immortal. <laughs> yeah, elf made of steel immortal. Yeah. <laughs> Elves usually don't like steel. I guess in Toho they do. No, they're made of steel. Not They <laughs> don't make it because it would be kind of like cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of like wielding a weird lump of meat as a weapon. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. There's a bunch of different kinds of immortality in Toho, and they all come from like, some of them are just like fantasy nonsense, some of them are like, come from various traditions and ancient myths and stuff like that. And I don't know if I want to start with the Horai Elixir or if I want to get to the Horai Elixir. I mean, since we've mentioned it, I guess it kind of makes sense to... Yeah. Yeah, we might as well get the extremely obvious one just out of the way. Yeah, start at the top and move on down. Yeah, the ones that are actually called immortals like the most frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're immortal by local standards. <laughs> <laughs> Moko, Kaguya, Eren, I guess, too, right? Because she was a human at one point. Yeah, Eren and Shanga, too. But she isn't really, like, relevant. She might literally just be Kaguya. They might be the exact same person. I think that that's silly. (laughs) It's silly, but it's fun. But anyway, they're kind of on the extreme end of the immortality. Yeah. Yeah, like At least Mako and Kaguya are kind of iconic for, like, intentionally exploiting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speedrun exploits. Yeah, they don't die under... Well, they do die, but they come back. They don't ever, like, die-die for real. They do die, but their souls never get chucked across the river anyway, so... They die in probably the strict, like, procedural... Physical sense. Yeah. They die, but then the death just slides off like they're made of Teflon. Yeah. They get better, they regenerate, they heal, whatever. They're back to the exact same original state that they were in. I don't know what the rules for coming back actually are, but... It's kind of vague. The main thing is that they come back and they're fine and they're all good again. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, further questions. If you estimate with the fighting games, it's like they come back with all their wounds removed or something. The fighting games are kind of an abstraction anyway. Yeah, of course, but... I mean, I don't think that it can't work that way, but it just doesn't really go far as proof. Yeah, I was just saying, like, if you do it that way, that, but who knows if it actually goes that way. The main question I have is whether Moko keeps her bangs or not when she comes back. (laughs) That was what I was going to do. There's some, like, more questions opened up about the whole idea that they regenerate to some, like, same state, or safe state, if you will, but... The big question is that when is that safe state set? What kind of growth and change are they able to have, like since the 1200 plus years that they've been immortal in Moko's case, for instance? Yeah. yeah. I feel like probably it's a thing where, like, there is, like, a, you know, starting state or whatever, which is probably whatever you were like when you drank the elixir, or maybe some kind of idealized form that the elixir transforms you into, or whatever the case may be. I think there is probably, like, a baseline there, but I feel like there is probably also no reason why you can't willingly change aspects of yourself, whether it is in cutting your hair or whatever, just as a simple example, or, you know, just like fully changing your appearance through magic or whatever. Like, I don't see why a Horai immortal wouldn't be able to do the same thing that a yokai can in that regard. I actually kind of think that since in the 
Horace case, the whole effect is based on a derivative of like Kaguya's ability to not make things immortal, but to make things unchanged. Since her ability was used to make it. Stuff around the horror elixir implies that it would be not just an undying, but like an actually unchanging, completely set state. But I think it's arguable that there's enough likelihood to the contrary that Mako probably didn't look like that at the time, for instance. I mean, why not, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> there's no real way to know for certain, so kind of have to just sort of put up your theories and go with the ones you like. Isn't it actually from Ronagate, the picture of Kid Mako? Yeah, there is that picture of Moko as a kid where she had black hair and it was short. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's unclear whether she was like that when she drank the elixir or not. I feel like the white hair is definitely in some way like indicative of... Inhumanity. Moko's... Yeah, inhumanity and her immortality, which is interesting because Kaguya's hair is still, you know, the perfect... Kaguya black. Yeah. <laughs> it's her, like, fairy tale look. Oh. It's her brand. Yeah. Um, Wild theory here, but we, I mean, we've never seen Kitty Kaguya, of course. Maybe your hair was white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Paulette swaps your hair. Arian's <laughs> hair is white, and Sagume's hair is white, so maybe Lunarians just sometimes have white hair. Oh my god. <laughs> Plausible. And she took the Horai elixir, and her hair turned black, and everybody was. Just like, oh, that's a normal kid when she came to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll accept it. Lunarians just all have white hair instead of black hair by default. Why did Aerin's hair not change, though? Um, just because. Yeah, I think that she would just go <laughs> just because. Well, I mean, have we actually seen, like, earlier Aerin either? True, oh her hair God. might have been black, too. That, then that throws our whole theory into the <laughs> No, water. it could just be that Lunarians can have either black or white hair. Okay. Um... And the Cotton Moon <laughs> Sisters diet, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah, the elixir. So the elixir itself is the elixir of life. It's the immortality elixir from every like mythological source that there is an immortality elixir. And it's just that, although, you know, it's probably specifically the the Chinese version of it. Yeah. Which I'm sure has like mercury or something in it. Yeah. I think in the original fairy tale, obviously no one ends up drinking it. Because in what I suppose is the official history in Toho's world too, is that it was just thrown into the volcano, I think. Yeah. yeah. Except in Toho, Moko also drank it. Yeah. yeah. Instead of throwing in the volcano. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think the Yokai Mountain volcano isn't active. And of course, Fuji isn't either. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there like a... Like, if you take one sip of the elixir, then, like, you stop aging or whatever, and then if you take a second sip or whatever, then... You never get sick. You become fully immortal. I believe it's swapped. It's one sip, you never get sick, two sips, you stop aging, and then three sips, you become, like, Moko and Kaguya. Eternally regenerating, yeah. Yeah. That I think that right. might be from Imperishable Nights Extra, but... Yeah. But, yeah, what matters is that it's gradual, anyway... I love the idea of Aaron precisely measuring, like, dosages in terms of sips. <laughs> like, even just, like, in her regular doctor work. <laughs> I actually kind of wonder what the, like, original wording, the word in Japanese for taking medicine is, like, the same word as drink, regardless of whether it's in tablet form or anything. Ah. Oh, but what if it's, like, an injection? The, in that case, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I've run into that. But yeah, I don't have the text open either, so... I think that's probably the reason why a lot of people depict it as tablets instead. It gets funny with an actual drink. Just regardless of the size of the sip, <laughs> it just matters that you take three sips. Yeah, fair deal logic. Oh, it is. <laughs> you did get it right in the first place. It's the first sip <clears throat> makes you not age. That's kind of yeah. disturbing if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, kind of weird to be unaging, but not immune to the disease. Yeah. I mean, there's a Greek story about that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it's taken from, then. Hmm? Huh? Maybe that's the inspiration zone used, the Erisellini and Endymion story, where 
He remains, he becomes immortal. Oh, wait, in that one he was immortal but not an aging, so he shriveled in a, like a cricket. Yeah, I think it's just like there's weird things with immortality forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably like all of the ancient stories about immortality elixirs, they probably come from some more or less the same place originally. And even still, there's probably just the natural human inclination to make a catch to an immortality elixir. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way that people are. They don't want to envy being immortal because, of course, they would if they didn't add a catch in those stories. Um, yeah. Not to digress too much, but I think to a certain extent it also preserves the barrier between human and divine. Because if you take immortality as a characteristic of the divine, then by uh, presenting immortality as something that humans can have own, it allows you to, people to transition between divinity and humanity, which is not supposed to happen. So people say that if you try to become immortal as a human, there is some terrible catch. Mm-hmm. You know, you only get godhood via the approved method of dying first. <laughs> I smell a, like, human village discussion here. <laughs> Part of the human village and the rules that it is forced to oblige by does come down to that line between humanity and divinity. or In humanity you know. in general, really. Yeah. In the Erin and Kaguya case, obviously the, like, elixir ends up coming from the gods... It was originally meant for the emperor, I think. Or it was given to the emperor, but the emperor threw it away. Yeah, and in Toho, she also gave some to her adoptive parents, but they also threw it away. Wait, who did? Kaguya or Moko? Kaguya. Oh. Oh, does Kaguya still come from, like, a bamboo? Presumably. In Toho? I bet it's like a weird, like, space pod that just (laughs) looks like a bamboo. I mean, if it's shaped like a rocket and it got stuck in the ground, like, head first. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> and this is what I choose to believe now. <laughs> Thanks for unlocking this headcanon for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's glowing because it's leaking plasma. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the horrors are pretty much the only ones, or more specifically Moko, where we really see any of the usual, like, immortal angst show up inside the... Toho canon itself. Well, that's mostly because all of our other immortals have very different mindsets to humans, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and all of them are either sort of naturally undying or... Or did it on purpose. Yeah, whereas Moko kind of did it almost impulsively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's truly undying. She can't, like, just, okay, cancel right. this, I'm gonna go die now. <clears throat> Since the... Horai elixir presumably doesn't adjust your mindset to that of immortals, unlike, say, becoming a god. It can probably be pretty hard to cope with. Yeah. Yeah. And you also don't have, like, a big support group. (laughs) (laughs) It's like four people in existence, and two of them are your enemies, and one is on the moon. Moko's support group is the lady who keeps killing her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I do think it's really funny that they tried to punish Kaguya for drinking the elixir <laughs> by, like, on the moon by sentencing her to death. Just really thought that one through, huh, guys? <laughs> I mean, well, maybe they did it to test whether she'd actually taken it. Maybe they decided it was just a slap on the wrist now. And if she hadn't actually taken it, oh well. <laughs> yeah, and maybe yeah. they weren't sure exactly how it worked and i mean when we think of execution we probably think of someone like putting her head on a block but maybe they tried some really high-tech weaponry or on her or something and it still didn't work and they were huh (laughs) they just shot her with a moon gun (laughs) oh god i keep forgetting that the moon is like sci-fi people it's so stupid (laughs) yeah but it might be that they assumed that she was just like plain immortal and like sufficiently durable well, wouldn't that just be... That wouldn't be a sin, though, on the moon. Well, yeah, that too. That's true. But anyway, the basic point stands. I guess the thing is, is that the elixir makes you constantly pour out impurity, which makes sense. You're just overflowing with life, so much of it that, you know... <laughs> You're overflowing with life and death, because to live is to die. Yeah. 
Even if you can't truly die, you still will. So maybe they just executed, quote-unquote, her by getting out their, like, largest street cleaners and trying to scrub <laughs> away the impurity and it just went out of control. Mm. This is getting silly. <laughs> I also get the, like, formidable alchemist option where they, like, tried for a while to see if just killing her enough times would work. Yeah, Ooh. and that is something that is sort of questioned a little bit in Tomo, like, with regards to Mako. Like, that is kind of something that she herself tried, right, to die. Just, like, maybe if I die enough times, mm. then I'll just stop being alive eventually. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the last thing I wanted to talk about with the Horai Elixir, which is just sort of, you literally do not ever die. Like, you never stop. You just go forever, regardless of anything that changes around you. Unstoppable existence. Yeah, whether the earth falls into the sun and you're just drifting through space or whatever. But I do think, you know, the heat death of the universe and all that is a thing that gets brought up a lot with regards to (laughs) true immortality as sort of like a drawback to it. Yeah, it's like a... Just kind of a fun cat phrase. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people make the case that it probably wouldn't be very fun to drift through space forever, dying over and over and then coming back. But I feel like looking at it from that perspective in a work like Toho is... It's missing the point a little bit because I feel like in a world like Toho, the heat death of the universe is not a thing that is going to happen. Yeah, I also I was I was about to say that they might be going by like some Buddhist universal cycle system. And there's so many other things that could happen between now and then yeah. too, even if it was going to just be the normal heat death of the universe. Yeah. Of course, that's still yeah. like an arbitrarily long time. You can't hold yourself back with common sense. And Gensokyo, or even after Gensokyo is long gone. Yeah, I mean, Erin and Kaguya are mostly like fine with the whole thing, and they might like idly muse about, huh, I guess that's going to happen eventually. But like in Mako's case, it isn't because she's like scared about what's to come. She's already tired of it. Yeah. She's not thinking about the heat of the universe. It took her a few hundred years to decide that she wasn't liking it. They'd Mm. be like a constant heat differential within the proton decaying universe, but... Also, one of them keeps blowing up. That gets into, like, cosmology and speculation. (laughs) You know, it's not... We don't want to do that, do we? (laughs) Mm. We say no. Yeah, like, I mean, even if the heat death of the universe was, in fact, a thing in Toho that eventually happened, the simple fact that these people cannot die, and it would basically mean that they would sort of eventually just kind of restart the universe, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ever really the actual heat of the universe that's really the point. People are just making a point about the ridiculously long times involved. Yeah, and also, you know, like, the horrible things that might happen to you for, like, billions of years at one point or another, depending on the circumstances you find yourself in. I mean, I guess that's a decent reason to learn buff magic. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We should probably move on to the next kind of immortality or something. Yeah, like, we brought up Buddhist cosmology, so there's always the option of, you know, becoming a god or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing about gods is that they can be, like, killed or whatever. I mean, it's probably, like, weird, but yeah. 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 You probably can't just, like, stab a god with a sword and kill them, but maybe if it's a magic god-killing sword, it would work. It happens plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gods die all the time, but, you know, their whole deal is that they live forever. Like, they they don't age or anything like that. They just... But they do need fuel. Yeah. They're, like, biologically immortal, basically. Do they even biologically exist? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the <laughs> point. <laughs> I feel like most of the non-humans in Toho don't really count as biologically alive at all. Yeah. There are very yeah. few people in the series who can get sick or die of old yeah, age, per se. This also applies to yokai as well. They're just kind of all in this category of people who, they're just kind of around forever, or at least as long as they can be sustained. Yeah. Yeah. They're just here as long as they can cause problems. Yeah, and the kind of sustainment that they need kind of varies. All the yokai and basically the gods are in the same category in that sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've talked before about how gods and yokai are more or less the same thing, sort of, kind of, maybe. <laughs> it's a fuzzy border, basically. Yeah, a fuzzy border with a literal fuzz, because a lot of yokai are animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
there are also not in Toho, I think, but in general, like beast yokai who can be gods, they're definitely a thing. Especially foxes. Yeah. Yeah. So these are all things that live forever, probably. Some restrictions apply. Yeah, it's kind of the baseline. Yeah. I don't actually know how much I have to say about them, just because they're just kind of... Yeah. That's their whole deal, and they all have a bunch of hyper-specific like restrictions or whatever, and they're not the most interesting immortals. Uh, I just wanted to bring them up to get them out of the way. Yeah, it's mostly the like transhumans who are relevant to the discussion, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of trans humans, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about. I'm glad the you picked that up. Hermits. <laughs> let's talk about Miko and the hermits. Like their whole immortality thing is like a whole complicated Taoist wizard process for it, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of people get it kind of confused because it is kind of confusing. But like in the sense of the Shikaisen hermit that they do, it's you put your soul in an object. And they all have their, like, signature objects in this case. And then your real body dies. And then the other object turns into your body. And your body turns into the object. Yeah, it's basically like you're doing a body swap in order to fool the gods of death. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally actually dead, so there's no need to, like, make sure that I'm still alive. There's no need to come Um, look for me. Yeah, it's the equivalent of... Like putting a bunch of pillows on your bed and sneaking out. Yeah, it's literally like mortality tax evasion. (laughs) (laughs) You're just here to trick the bureaucratic system of death that exists in Toho. And you're just trying to get them to mark your name off on a list. And then that list goes into a filing cabinet and they forget all about you. (laughs) And you're also only immortal as long as they don't like send the deaf IRS after you. Well, you can also fight off the death IRS. Yeah, in this case, you can, without much bigger repercussions, fight off the death IRS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? Keep sending more death IRS after you? You're already probably going to hell anyway if you get killed, so <laughs> who cares? Yeah. It, it's more XP. <laughs> they don't even get too upset to find that you, you cheated death until you have lived too long basically if you mm-hmm. cheat death at like 20 years old they're not going to come after you until you're like 110 100 or something yeah on the other hand it is more trouble to audit the immortals mm-hmm. because you already yeah. have so many tax records to go over in this sense because you can sort of just fight the irs off and <laughs> you're doing tax evasion this kind of makes the hermits the toho equivalent of like sovereign citizens <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does i mean especially miko but that's for a different reason miko is definitely that <laughs> miko would carry around a piece of paper that says i can do whatever i want yeah and she also has experience being a sovereign citizen <laughs> uh, that's true but yeah like um you just kind of do some magic to trick the IRS into not taxing you, and that's how you become immortal. It also works that way in real life. If you do tax evasion for 50 years, you can't die anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Is it, like, made clear what biological needs the, like, she guys still have? No. I don't think it's made clear what biological needs a lot of things have. Yeah, fair, but... I think they're just kind of more or less still people that just can't die. I don't even know if it's possible to kill them. They also only eat mist, I think, sometimes. Hermits, in the proper sense, do the usual, like, living on mountain mist stuff. But that's at least partly, probably, from their proper hermit training and not just becoming a lich. Yeah, yeah. Like, basically, being a Shikai-san just means you become a lich. But then, if you want to sort of upgrade, you have the option of doing a ton of spiritual training and all of that, sitting under waterfalls, all that good stuff. To become, like, a proper hermit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and this also, you know, eventually leads to becoming a celestial. Yeah, which is presumably what Tenshi's parents did, and she was allowed to tag along. Well, she was born into it, right? Like, she was born already a celestial. Was she? Yeah. Yeah, she was born a celestial. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why she's such a poor celestial, because she never had to achieve it. 
brat via her own. Yeah, she's like a silver spoon brat. Yeah, somehow I always assumed that like she was a kid and her parents became celestials. Oh, that's also true. But oh yeah, that is true. Wasn't she like born after? She was born like in heaven as a celestial. I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, we gotta look this up. Yeah, I mean that's. A... <laughs> Please watch formally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like 90% certain that she was born in heaven. Wow, there's a lot of stuff I don't remember in this profile. But Tenshi's parents actually became celestials as a reward for like serving the gods well and not by training. And then she, who was named Chico at the time, was allowed to come along. Oh my goodness. Chico is just such a funny name. <laughs> oh my gosh. She named... I didn't realize that she chose her own name. I don't remember this either. I don't I don't think I've ever read this profile. I mean, it was based off of her old name, though. I mean, yeah. I like that her species is listed as fallen celestial. <laughs> I mean, the celestials are more or less angels, but in like the ancient chinese sense yeah. yeah but yeah chico is basically if tenshi is like heaven child except read the same way as angel which is really funny also then chico is basically earth child mm-hmm. which is really funny <laughs> dirt girl <laughs> she's so inventive i mean i changed my name too probably <laughs> but yeah anyway yes. Well, this is older stuff in the Toho timeline, but it kind of also brings up the point where actually being accepted into heaven is a whole, like, arbitrary decision. Yeah. And heaven has just decided that it's not taking more applicants. Yeah, that also is, like, extremely, <laughs> extremely Chinese. That's an extremely Chinese, like, interpretation of heaven, I guess. Yeah. Basically, like, the Miko crew's official goal, if they gave a damn, would be to train to become, like, proper hermits, i.e. what cousin is pretending to be. I mean, I guess we don't fully know what kind of training she actually has done, but she's kind of clueless about hermit stuff in the end. Mm-hmm. But she does know some of it, and she does seem to take it seriously. And she does like hermit magic, kind of. I think probably at first she was just doing it for like becoming human reasons, but then she sort of started to take it more seriously. Yeah, Carson become human. Yeah, I also wouldn't be surprised if she, especially being an Oni, would like approach it from the point of view where obviously becoming a hermit means learning hermit magic. And it doesn't mean learning the hermit ways. Yeah, yeah. she only started yeah. picking that up like more down the road. I wonder, what really is the difference between a Celestial and like a Horai Immortal? Celestials can die. They're just really bad at it. <laughs> uh, do they still have to fight off Shinigami yeah. and stuff? I think that's a point of confusion, kind of. That's one of the things that... Tenchi has a chat with Komachi about, even though Komachi is actually mostly angry at her because she's been killing ghosts, Tenchi thinks that she's here to kill her. Yeah, which of course isn't like Komachi's job anyway. Right, it's like a special kind of, like not even like, because Shinigami themselves are just kind of ferrymen, right? Yeah. They don't go out and hunt people. There's just like some guy in hell whose yeah. job is to just like hunt people who have lived yeah. too long. I wonder what the exact setup is. I figure that this being hunted by the afterlife thing is also like mythological in origin. But I wonder who's actually doing the hunting in the originals. Is it just like Oni from hell or what since... Obviously, Shinigami themselves are a, like, 19th century invention. It's just Kishin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So it's basically Oni gods. Yeah, it's just really special Oni. Yeah, like SWAT team Oni from hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they can die. It's kind of hard to because they're most of them are just kind of living up in heaven. Yeah. Eating peaches, being extremely boring. Yeah, and aren't the peaches, like, part of... Why they're so strong? Mm. Or is that just that they don't have anything else? I don't remember this anymore. The peaches are part of that, yeah. 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 And they also, like, seem to eat all sorts of other, like, immortality elixirs, even while being in heaven, which is why... Yeah, so I think that they probably are just hermits too, electric boogaloo. Yeah. They're just, like, elite hermits. 
Also, earlier I said the concept of heaven that Tenchi lives in is extremely Chinese, but really it's more just like extremely Buddhist. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea that the different levels of existence are just something you get as a reward or punishment, and the basic difference between them is how easy is it to focus on your enlightenment training on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's why heaven is still... Boring. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they're saying that it's full, even though it has a bunch of empty space, because there's it was a little bit more full, it would be more difficult for them to focus on their training. So it's really just selfishness. Yeah, yeah. they're practicing social distancing. <laughs> uh, topical. Um, I mean, it's going to be topical for like a year or so. <laughs> yeah, whenever this episode comes out, it's probably still topical. Yeah, hopefully not, but you know, it's going to be. I actually, I'm glad that I learned so much about Tenji today because I had no idea that her name was Dirt Girl. <laughs> dirt, 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 dirt. <laughs> Every day I learn something new about Toho. Yeah. There's no other examples of Celestials in Toho aside from Tenchi, and she's a kind of shitty example of a Celestial. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she literally, she got kicked out of heaven for ruining things for other people. Like, she caused problems in heaven, and so she got kicked out. But even before that, she left heaven herself because she wasn't having fun up there. It's kind of sucks up there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure her parents had a grand old time up there, even though, according to her profile, they were kind of discriminated against a little bit in terms of they became celestials because they were just kind of uplifted by a god instead of getting there through sitting under waterfalls all day and so the other celestials looked down on them so that couldn't have been fun for a young kid either Mm. so yeah it kind of makes sense that she had a bad time up there i'm kind of sad that the japanese grammar in this one is ambiguous since it says that like chico renamed herself tenshi but, I mean, in the original, it's ambiguous who did the renaming. Yeah. In either case, it is funny that the dirt girl got renamed to Angel when she moved to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I love it. It makes me appreciate Tenchi even more. Every time I learn something new about Tenchi, <laughs> I, I grow fonder of her. I mean, yeah, she gets a bad rap, but she's a really fun character in the end. Yeah. So, that's Celestials and uh, Hermits and Liches and all of that good stuff. The other interesting way that one can become an immortal in Toho is one that sort of gets brought up frequently, but sort of sidestepped, which is becoming a magician, which sort of, I guess, falls under the category of yokai, but not... It, it, it's sort of exceptional. Yeah, it's... You can become a yokai via other means too, but that's just the more studious method. It's one of the, I guess, more established methods It's one of the methods that you actually choose to. (laughs) Yeah, and also one of the more central due to being relevant to one of the main characters and having being one of those that we have a example of already in canon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also something that Marisa is like very interested in and conflicted about. Yeah, it's a whole thing for her. It's part of her character arc. Yeah, such as it is. She sure had a lot of character arcs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maurice is a very interesting character. Yeah. If you become a magician, you know, you're not a yokai or anything, you're just a wizard. Mm-hmm. But if you do your homework and study real hard, you can become such an awesome wizard that you become like a super wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that means you are kind of, you're a yokai magician now. Yeah. You basically have the, like, essential traits of a yokai. I think it might be kind of fuzzy in the, like, technicalities, but since yokai is such a broad term anyway, easier to just consider them yokai. Yeah, they don't really depend on any of the regular stuff that yokai do to exist, because they're just kind of powered by magic. They just kind of live off of mana. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it recently came up in the canon manga. (laughs) Exactly, or at least more of how that works. Yeah. The canon manga that I do not recommend you read. <laughs> Ouch. But yeah, um... <laughs> Your translation, that's at fault. I know. We should probably talk about those at some point. Anyway, just to elaborate on that point, it came up that Yoka in general, like, pass out when drained of magical energy or mana or whatever one calls it. The blue bar. Yeah, basically. In Yokai Magician's case, it's already established that they're, like, physically, basically human. 
at least in terms of like durability and strength and stuff like that. Besides their magical abilities. Yeah, and probably judging from patchouli, even like born magicians can get health problems, basically similar to humans and yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. like becoming a bootleg yokai. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's basically like looking up the traits of a yokai and finding separate ways to get those traits. Yeah, like bootlegging. So, yeah, just literally casting a spell to do that. I cast no food. Yeah, there's like, there's no <laughs> become yokai spell. There's just separate spells to replicate the traits. Yeah, yeah. Magicians as a species are really more like real weird humans when they're born yeah. because when they're born they still age they have to cast a spell to stop aging yeah it's kind of weird to me to even refer to magicians as a species in Toho's complicated magical creature classification index you know i guess they sort of count as a species but they're just wizards like yeah on. they're just like real weird people yeah, the wizards who have or have not cast certain spells. And who might actually eat people, but they probably don't most of the time. Yeah, I, I think that since they're basically humans... Some wizards eat people, probably not. get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised if some of them eat people because... It's not like anybody's going to stop them. It's not really part of their yeah. being in the same sense as most yogurt, prob probably. Mm -hmm. They don't exactly exist from fear in the same sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't really change much about them, but, you know, once you've been a wizard long enough, you just kind of get the urge to build a tower and shoot lightning at anyone who comes near it. <laughs> or yeah. build a library. I mean, <laughs> what is a basement if not a reverse tower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that aspect of wizardification is what Marisa is most conflicted about. I imagine Marisa's tower looking like a million houses on top of each other. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, yeah. I like this idea. And there's just an observatory plonked shakily on top of it all. Yeah. That's just really good. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps adding houses on top of her house in the woods. Yeah, she needs um, more space for her stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Marisa's house Matryoshka doll. I'm sorry if I butchered that. It's fine. I didn't actually even register what you said at first. I was like, what's your Matryoshka doll? <laughs> I'm not going to get offended over people mispronouncing Russian words. In <laughs> at least not on the podcast. Yeah. I guess you'd have to do that 24-7 most of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, you have no idea. No, I can't even try to say it since I would just embarrass myself anyway. I don't care when people mispronounce matryoshka because it's you know it's whatever the word that really sets me off is when people mispronounce babushka uh -huh. and they give it the old babushka <laughs> i hate that anyway anyway <laughs> my condolences <laughs> yeah so we've talked about marisa a little bit and patchouli a little bit as well what else is and there alice was we should probably talk about some of the other magicians as well there's alice who she was just a normal person, right? Yeah. And then she became, well, she was a normal magician. You can tell that she's a, like, new magician because she doesn't have the tower yet. <laughs> well, maybe having a house that looks like a dollhouse is her version of a tower. It'll get there eventually. It'll be like a freaking, like, haunted dollhouse, like, all the way. Dollhouse McMansion? Oh yeah. my god, cursed. But yes, she's <laughs> definitely the most human of our magicians, even counting Marisa in there. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. No, I think Marisa is more human by virtue of being human. But... I mean, human-like, I guess. Yeah, like Alice is. She has not been fully wizardified. <laughs> She's just kind of living in her little house, making dolls. Eventually, she will have to expand to fit more dolls in the house, and that's when the trouble begins. <laughs> <laughs> she still eats and stuff, like just out of habit. Um, which I think is interesting that like all these people that don't have to eat can just choose to eat like Kassen makes snacks all the time i mean food tastes good why wouldn't you want to eat yeah i mean that's your kind general and i mean eating is like you know it's a social thing you yeah. sit down with other people you... you don't have to drink alcohol either but a bunch of tohos do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true it just recently passed the official um <laughs> speaking of alice I think it was actually April 1st, right? Yes, April 1st was... Now her last speaking role is closer to Mima's than today. The modern day. 
the last speaking line that Alice had was in Toho. Hiso Tensoku. One of the fighting games. Yeah, Hiso Tensoku. And as of now, that line is closer to Mima's last speaking line than modern Toho. Mm. I mean, Mima's last speaking line wasn't that far back comparatively. Actually, I'm just... Mystic Square was quite I don't a have a sense of time! <laughs> <laughs> I think I think living in a society has really warped all of our sense of time. I think that twenty years um, ago, oh, that's not that long. Nineteen eighty was still twenty years ago. It's Everything not. was twenty um, years ago. <laughs> yeah. So. Are we missing? Rest in peace to Alice. She will be missed. At this point, bringing Alice back is on the same level as bringing Mima yeah. back. Besides, yeah. <laughs> at least Alice still has some like cameos. She makes cameos. Yeah, she she appeared in Lotus Eaters. She was in the crowd shot. Alice can have little a cameo as a treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess she's more alive than Mima is. Yeah. Yuka is. She has a lot about of cameos. As relevant as she is. <laughs> Yuka is less relevant than Alice because she only appears in like festival crowd shots instead of at the Hakurei Shrine parties. That's true. true. And Yuka also didn't have fighting game appearances or like shot option appearances, stuff like that. Yeah. Are we still missing any immortals or different kinds of immortals? No. Well, I mean, I wanted to talk about Byakuren a little bit. She's funny because she's a muscle wizard, but only when she's doing her magic. She's just like some normal lady when she's not doing magic. I like to think that she probably, you know, works out a little bit at least just to, you know, remain fit. But she is not a true muscle wizard until she activates her powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she is. I think she probably she reached it by different methods, but she's in the same broad category as the other magicians. Yeah, like her whole thing was that she wanted eternal youth and beauty, so she used unspecified black magic to achieve that. Which, you know, given how old she is, and it was probably like significantly more evil magic than what someone like Alice achieved the wizardry with. Yeah, sometimes. Pyakuren can have a little evil as a treat. Even though she's mostly reformed now and is just kind of an idiot. Yeah, she was sealed away for her crimes. Maybe her black magic involves sacrificing her brain cells. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, I'm going to have to intervene as the podcast's only Pyakuren She's dumb! That's not... She doesn't know how yokai work. She's cool, but she's dumb. Can we not? <laughs> We're going to have to have the Byakuren morality discourse at some I point. I think she's morally a great person, but she's just an idiot, an absolute dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have the Byakuren discourse at some point, um, but that'll not be in this episode. I think that's mostly praise from this cast. We all love Demesis. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. A that's lot of Tohos are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to give a brain cell power ranking or whatever, <laughs> but Vyakran has at least 10 brain cells, which is more than many characters. She might even have as many as 15. That's true. Certainly more than the rest of her temple. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they all just share the brain cell. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's... Yeah, Vyakran gifts her disciples brain cells, and that's why she has so few right now. Mm. That's why Achirin is the only one to show up in fighting games. It's her turn on the brain cell. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Björkren has the extra step in her wizardification of regaining her youth, but that's just another spell to add to the pile. I feel like every time Björkren comes up, there's always some quote buried somewhere, but I don't think it's necessarily like obvious that the actual magic that she used was any more like evil or dark than magic in general. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's definitely possible that, you know, she was just sealed away for the unforgivable crime of doing magic in like, you know, some ancient village. I mean, doing inhuman things is probably going to get you rejected by humans because that's just how humans are. Especially if you're a monk. Mm -hmm. Even in modern Toho, like, you know, there's a bit of a question about Marisa's struggle with standing on the precipice of immortality and how that's kind of a little bit shady mm. and how Raymu has to keep an eye on her because of that and all of that. Yeah. People just worry about you if you don't seem like humans do. Yeah. So 
I mean, I think we've covered basically all the different kinds of immortals. We didn't really talk about gods or yokai, but I mean, the gods yeah, and yokai. Like, there's, mu- there's not much to say about them. They're just, yeah. Some of them are former humans, but most of them who are didn't really like choose to do that. They're just kind of living in society. Yeah. They were kind of idolized. Usually they just hang out until either people stop believing in them or someone like sufficiently exterminates them in the case of yokai. And yeah. gods. It's just, it's less common for gods to be exterminated yeah so i guess i want to pose a question which of these is like do you think is the best way of achieving immortality which one would you rather do Hmm. given the choice like in a vacuum (laughs) i mean i've always wanted a tower (laughs) (laughs) i could definitely see you as a wizard just surrounded by like thousands and thousands of translated (laughs) (laughs) the dojin wizard Uh, it wouldn't be my option of choice but i remember at some point thinking that like stuff like the horror elixir is definitely kind of thing where you'd know that it's a horrible idea but if someone just offered you the option i feel like it'd be hard to refuse in the moment yeah absolutely i feel like i would probably end up going with the horror elixir just because it like you never die for any reason but yeah but that seems kind of interesting. If I yeah. just existed in a world where all these options were open, and I mean everything else was so that it was open, then probably being a magician would be the like most I don't know practicable, practicable. Practical. Yeah, like, but that's a different word. But yeah, practical too. <laughs> like practical. So the most rational thing to do, like yeah, the easiest yeah. basically. I think being a magician would definitely be the most fun option. Yeah. I mean, Magician does have one advantage over Hurai Immortality for most purposes. What's that? No longer needing to eat and drink. I mean, Hurai Immortals don't need to eat or drink either. They just die if they don't. Yeah, but that kind of sucks. Well, you just you go through the experience of starving <laughs> to death each time, though, which is not fun. I assume it's not fun. I've never done it well, myself. Well, you can always but... just, like, <laughs> chuck yourself off a cliff if you are getting too hungry. That probably has its downsides too, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> yes. I think Magician is probably the one that, I mean, we can only assume that it's not actually trivial, since otherwise, you know, everyone would be doing it, so to speak. Being a wizard obviously requires a lot of work, yeah. as Marisa shows us, but... You get magic as, like, a side effect from learning it along the way, so that's nice. But there's no reason you can't learn magic as any of the other kind of immortals. True. You are physically human still, so that kind of sucks, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could get blown over by a light breeze and break your arm still. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, I I feel like it'd be like somehow easier to keep your mindset and stuff as uh, just a bit living the same way we all do at the moment than if you like became something like so markedly non-human. I think the whole point of being like a magician is that they sort of get really obsessed with something eventually like i guess that wouldn't really change me from how i usually am (laughs) (laughs) yeah like they sort of do the one thing they get really fixated on that some like you know some aspect of magical research or like some magical thing that sort of becomes their drive in a way because you get rid of all of your other needs but you do still kind of need something to drive you along probably kind of goes both ways like wanting to focus on your one thing is a good reason to like remove your physical needs once you don't have those physical needs it's easy to just like fall into a haze for a week and wake up surrounded by dolls exactly it's purely like you are so devoted to something that you're like okay i need to just like not deal with anything else ever and until i finish this and then you're just never finishing it because you keep finding other stuff to do with it or you keep unlocking like a new a new thing to research mm-hmm. and so on, and it's it's just a never ending thing, which is why you end up building a freaking tower to store all your stuff in <laughs> that you keep accumulating with regards yeah. to that project. The tower thing is now official Owo canon. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm borrowing heavily from other fantasy depictions of wizards, but I do think it's what makes the most sense because, like, you know, in Toho, a magician is still, you know, someone who does a lot of magical research and then probably has some niche interest that they're occupying themselves with that requires that magical research. It's cooler than not having that, which is always (laughs) a bonus for, like, flavor. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So how about uni, Raf? Hmm? I already said I'd become a yokai. <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely yeah. Young. Yeah. <laughs> I am not sure which one I would pick. I guess I'll go for permit slash celestial. <laughs> That's also very you. <laughs> spiritual tax evasion especially like being a hermit of celestial is kind of cool but i feel like i'm somehow better suited for like the academic research than the ascetic training yeah yeah well i mean i think miko kind of shows us that you don't well, really yeah. have to be all that devoted to your ascetic well training. i mean she had sega's help though you don't have sega's help I also don't feel like doing Miko's thing. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think Sega's like aesthetic. She's more aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I guess traditionally, like hermits are still like academic weirdos, or just academic weirdos who, you know, instead of reading books, mix up chemicals and drink them. So yeah, they're yeah. kind of that. Really, is like you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I am a chemist, so yeah. <laughs> Magicians versus Hermes is just physicists versus chemists. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's more or less just wizards versus Taoist wizards. Wizard fight, wizard fight. Yeah. I already said I'd probably just go with the horror elixir because, you know, that kind of does everything and it might be horrible, but I think that would also be kind of interesting. You know? And it also means that we all had different choices, which is nicer. That's true. My second choice is definitely Magician. Though, yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so three wizards and a yokai. We'll have to ask JT later what their choice would be. <laughs> yeah, certainly if I was a Horai immortal, I would still be a magician, yeah. obviously. JT, yeah. edit yourself in here. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking um, of JT, we should probably start wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of everything we had to say about immortals. I'm sure there's stuff we missed, but whatever. It was a fun episode anyway. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. See you guys next time. Yeah. This has been Outside World of Cultism. See ya. Thanks. See ya all. Bye. Bye.